Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Rule for Combat, The Fall of Plaguestone, the first podcast of 2020. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, we discuss in more detail how Brixley's Firecat works, and we also look more into Celeste's background. This is another one of those heavy role-playing episodes, and one thing I want to mention is that these role-playing episodes are 99% made up on the fly. That's right, I don't really know what people are going to be doing, Obviously, encounters are very carefully planned. I have maps, I have creatures, I have everything planned out. But when it comes to role-playing and character development, I have no idea where anyone is ever going. Sometimes I try to ask them if they're going to tell me a little bit ahead of time so I can kind of plan. But otherwise, I just have general notes as to, you know, outline maybe like how this is going to work with Celeste's magic and what she has to discover. You know, that I've outlined. But when it comes to Brixley and him, you know, celebrating Caden Kalin and him getting the fire cat and all that, that's just made up on the fly. You know, I just very quickly, hopefully, write something down. And one thing I have to be very careful of, this will always come back to haunt you. You never want to give your PC something that can break the game later on. This will happen. <laughs> you, you, this is going to happen to you. The, the more you GM, eventually you're going to give something that seems completely innocent to your PCs. And they're going to use that very innocent tool that you gave them and figure out a way to break the game ten ways from Sunday. So if that ever happens, just take it away from them. I know they're going to bitch and complain and say, hey, you shouldn't have done that. We were having too much fun with that. But you know what? You give them their toys and sometimes you got to take their toys away. So that's the only downside of making these things up as they go along. And I know a lot of people get scared of doing that, but you know what? You're the GM. If you give them something that's too powerful, that's breaking the game, either have a discussion with them or just take it away. Voila, problem solved. But I do enjoy these episodes where we go deep into character development. Obviously, last week was a lot of Brixley. This week is going to be a lot of Celeste, and we'll see what happens next week. But with that, let's start off this week's episode of The Fall of Plaguestone. I can't wait to see that kitty in action. Maybe it'll happen tonight. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. I think so. We didn't really have a lot of downtime we wanted to do, right? Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvazalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Yeah, I thought we I thought we dispensed with most of the side quest stuff. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. I think everything's finished. There's a little bit of Carvassal on stuff left. Yeah, didn't Celeste still have to do the ceremony? Wasn't there still like the ceremony to summon the demon or whatever? I mean, she did. We summoned the thing. It was scary. Uh, she found out a bunch of information, including that her whole family's doomed, and every time she casts one of her spells, it costs her another year uh, of like servitude or torture or something. But she's doomed anyway, so she's. It's weird. I somehow forgot about that a little bit. Now, I mean, now that you're saying it, it sounds familiar, but at the time, I mean, I don't know. I yeah. Fall, I must have fallen on my head or something. No, no, it's fine. I just, like, at this point, I don't know what to do next. I'm, I'm kind of out of leads, because it's like, this creature obviously knows something about this contract, but unless we can get a copy of it, like, find a copy, then there's really nowhere else to go, because there's got to be a loophole or a way out, but... I would have no idea what that was without seeing the contract and I don't know where it is. So I thought about like one of the things I'll probably do during downtime is go back to Etrin's old house in the ruins and essentially just search it, you know, brick by brick sort of thing to see if there's any secret entrances or something that we didn't find. Cause I don't know where else this thing would be. Yeah. I mean, we have time. I, th I think, I think we have time. I think we can do that stuff and then we need to figure out what's, well, I guess not we need to figure out, but I guess we're waiting for the other shoe to drop with Perry. Because so far, that's just been sunshine and roses. Something has to happen. Who's Perry? The, the, the little sword girl. girl. Pari or... Oh, Pari. Well, you're just training her. Yeah, she might 
work for the caravan. Rob Tramarco is playing Kate Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. Right. That's or she left. might get herself in trouble. Well, who knows? So last we left off, a lot of things were happening, but mostly in town. Let's see. Brixley got a fire cat as a mouth companion, I think. And Pari is continuing her training and might be leaving with the caravan. And I don't remember what else was going on. I think Prue was just hamming it up with her old drinking buddy, Mr. Sir Laurent Kent. And I don't know what Celeste was doing. I think Celeste was just sort of hanging about. And oh, that's right. I think you were figuring out what the worth was for everything that you got from the from the Yeah, cars. that was one of the things that we we're doing, yeah. So one thing I want to mention is that Prue and Kent are getting very friendly. You are trading stories from last wall. Now that he's so sobering up, he's sort of turning towards you almost like a therapist would to talk to you about what he experienced there, what life was like there. Just sort of having someone to relate to since no one else in town has been last wall and knows what it was like when last wall falls but the good news is he's he's really doing it over food and water and gaming like one would do so he's not actually hitting the hard alcohol like he was before we'll keep him on a on a path with some healthy coping mechanisms such as such as card games and maybe darts and talking about your spooky feelings to your spooky friend. Spooky. You know, he was being haunted by a ghost. Yeah, and he was in Last Fall. He saw a lot of spooky things. I'm starting to see a theme here. So, you also managed to get what you think is directions to the final hideout. What you gonna do? Say goodbye, just in case. <laughs> Well, before that, let's talk a little bit about the cat. Brixley's cat. I looked up a little bit more about this. So it is a little unique. So in theory, you were supposed to get a mount, which sort of acts like an animal companion. And the mount was supposed to be one size larger than you, which would have been medium. Now, the cat in the book is considered size small. But the fiery leopard is a special cat. And I'll tell you a little bit about the fiery leopard. It is size medium so you can ride it it's immune to fire it has weakness five of cold it has let's see according to the rules for animal companions it only has 25 hit points and its stats are a little bit better than before and it's four to seven reflex nine will six ac 17 and it has you know standard attacks of claws and jaws but it also will deal one fire damage to anyone it attacks. That's extra. Plus, if someone is grappled by it, it will take 1d4 fire damage because, you know, fire. And they also will do extra fire damage when they attack someone who's flat-footed. They also, as a fun addition give off light dim light in a 10 foot radius because fire so the stealth is going to be a little bit of an interesting uh trying to be stealthy is gonna be a little tricky oh stay there's, back there's, there's no stealth with a cat on fire <laughs> it doesn't exist it, in fact it is almost negative for stealth and anything within 10 feet of the cat gets a minus two to its stealth check when it's at night or in a dark environment. We'll, we'll throw a tarp over top of it or something. I don't know. Asbestos tarp. I mean, minus two isn't the end it of the world. It is the end of the world. Minus well, I two could, I, but I mean, Cade can get out in front, assuming Cade is our Absolutely. Stealther. We're never going like to travel. 20 or 30 feet in front and we'll be okay. Yeah. We're never going to stealth a shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, but the thing is, if you're trying to sneak up on someone, having a cat made out of fire will have issues. I'm just saying. Yeah, they might not be able to see Cade, but they're going to know someone's there when they see a cat on fire walking around. So I'm just Even saying. better, they they will uh, see the cat and think that's the threat, and then I stab him in the back. Okay. 
So that is your cat. What's the cat's name? Ember. I think we decided. Yeah, we went, decided to go with Ember. So if you look in the stats, it's it's a basic cat, except it's a little larger and it has extra fire attacks. And if it grapples people, they take damage. So I don't know if you actually want to use it in combat because it is a little weak. It you know it it's not exactly super strong. It really needs to be buffed up before it can get decent. Yeah, no, I was I was skimming the rules, and it seems like it gets better at higher levels, but at this level, it's kind of clunky, and I'm not even sure it's worth doing that much with in combat. Is that using the hit point rules from the Animal Companions on page 214? Yeah, so it only gets 6 plus its con, and its con is only plus 1. So it only gets 7 hit points per level. And then the cat only gets a base four hit points, so it only has 25 hit points. I mean, I only have 32, so that's not terrible. Yeah, but you're not a melee combatant. That is true. Yeah, the cat, it, 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 it's very good. It also has a thing called, I think, Pounce. It, it's, it's good for killing, I don't know, small rodents and guarding. Let's, let's purchase some barding for this cat. Some what? Some barding, you know, like some armor. Oh. Some animal armor. Is there even such a thing? Yeah, Yeah, of course. Barding's a thing. I mean, it was in first edition. I think it would be in second. I'd be willing to let the cat go au naturel for now. Uh, I mean, if we're going to go up against whoever is creating all this mess, we should probably protect the new kitty. Well, that's that's another issue. It's completely covered in fire. So that will be an issue as well. But that's neither here nor there. That is for you to decide. Oh, here we go. Barding. Yes. What page is it? Page 295. You can you can purchase special armor for animals called barding. All animals have trained proficiency rank in light barding. Combat trained animals are trained in heavy barding. It's the same rules. Blah, blah, blah. It's the bulk and strength. Gives you an AC bonus, Dex bonus, speed penalty. I think unless you get some magic armor for this cat, I think you're going to be stuck with it as just a mount until you can get some magic resistant armor. Otherwise, if you put something like leather on it, it will just burn it up. Well, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, in general, I'm okay with the fact uh, with the fact that Fire Cat has some. Uh negatives to it as well i mean i kind of recognize that might be a possibility it is a flaming cat i mean it's one of those hey cool i got a cat that's constantly on fire and then you're like oh i have a cat that's constantly on fire making me immune to the making me immune to the fire is already a pretty decent concession so if we can't put armor on it at this point i I can live with that as far as i would go just because it is constantly on fire so you got to figure if you're putting leather armor on it, it's just going to get burned up and it melted. <laughs> yeah. And then if you put metal armor, oof, that would just hurt the cat, I think. But I'm sure at the higher levels, we're not there yet, but there's got to be like fire resistances that you can put on armor so it can actually survive the cat, things like that. Yeah. And it probably doesn't need a lot. I mean, I seem to recall when I tried to heal it, it was only like a small amount of damage. Yeah, you don't even need a lot. I'm actually going to look it up all the time. But with that, what's the rest of you galoots going to do? I don't have anything that personally needs attending to, so I'm just going to continue hanging out with my buddy until we're ready to go. Okay. Um, Celeste really wants to figure out what's going on with this whole amulet and the dark forces behind it. And she's pretty convinced that if she can find some sort of contract, uh, then she can try and find a loophole. So um, she's going to start by asking Uncle Targi uh, if he has any old records or paperwork or anything like that that belong to the town. And she's basically going to start doing a, a deep dive into research, seeing what she can find that might give her some insight into this mess that her she and her family is in. Okay. What about the rest of you? I'll train Pari when she's available until it's time to go. Okay. And I presume Brixley's just going to continue building the church and drinking. Yeah, I, I can just supervise that and drink drink some of the uh, the ales while we're doing it. All right, I guess. 
This is going to be a Celeste episode. Okay. <laughs> so Celeste wants to find out more about the contract, more about her doom. And oh, she goes boy. Up to Uncle Targi. Is that it? Uncle Targi? Mm-hmm. And Uncle Targi is sleeping by the fireplace, as usual, just sort of snoring. What are you going to do? Um, probably gently wake him up. Uh, maybe while also holding, like, a cup of his favorite uh, tea or something like that. That way, you know, if he's in a bad mood, she can immediately try to put him in a good mood. Ain't that thoughtful. So he's like, oh, yeah, you wake him up and he, he looks over you and he, like, pats your hand. It's like, oh, it's my my favorite new family member. How are you, dearie? And he, he seems to genuinely have affection for you. It's kind of uh, both endearing and creepy. That sounds right about right. Um, hello, Uncle Targi. Um, I was just wondering, I'm so interested in the town now that I didn't know if you had any old paperwork or records about, you know, way back when Etrin established the town. Anything like that that I might have a chance to look through. Hmm. He, like, thinks for a bit. He goes, well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I got... I got papers and uh, various uh, heirlooms and other items, uh, knickknacks, in uh, my basement. If you want to look through there, I I don't know what would actually be there. It might uh, might be helpful. Uh, What what are you looking for? Do you know? Oh, you know, I'm just really interested. Now that I know I have heritage here, I want to learn all about this town and, and learn every little nuance. That way I'll be just as learned about it as you are. Oh. All right. Yeah, sure, sure. You can look through it. Uh, you seem to be knowing more about my family than I know at this point, so I don't see the harm. Uh, <laughs> well, oh. if I find anything really interesting, I can always share it with you, and then we'll know the same amount. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I'll bring you uh, over to the house and uh, I'll show you what uh, what I got. Oh, uh, here. Uh, uh, let's go. I'll, uh, I'll show you. Okay. So as you know, the daughter, you know, Delma, she lives Delma. Here. She lives at this mm-hmm. place. This is her place. And the house is actually literally right next door. And it's just as more like a way station. It looks like they mostly live here. And the house was more like when they grew up and they didn't want to actually just live in the uh, tavern. So you go to the house. Mm, okay. Houses, you know, pretty pretty run down very lived in house and then he brings you down to the basement now he's in a wheelchair so he brings you to the door of where the basement is and he'll uh he'll tell you like oh yeah just go down there you have to bring some light but uh, that's uh that's where i sort of keep all you know papers and oh i don't know any uh, family heirlooms history that sort of stuff oh okay um so Hmm. She'll go ahead and just like touch a button on her on her blouse and cast light on it, so it will shine a beacon of light in front of her. Okay. So you uh, go down the creaky stairs. Sure mm-hmm. enough, you can tell this has not been visited in a long time. Dust everywhere. And as you walk downstairs, the cellar is fairly waterproof. You can tell it's kept very well. There's stone everywhere, good stone foundation on the ground, stone on the walls, sturdy wooden beams holding up the house. This this house was built to last, and it's nice and dry down here. The bad news is the basement is rather large, and it is a hoarder's nightmare. 50-plus uh. years of trinkets and farming equipment and papers and documents. It looks like his entire life's worth has fit into this basement. And it is stacked from floor to ceiling with knickknacks and junk several feet deep everywhere. Oh boy. Um, hmm. So this is going to be tough. Um, Celeste is just going to take a stab and she's going to cast Detect Magic and see if there's anything in the room magical that she was previously unaware of. Interesting. 
just thinking if, if I'm looking for this magical contract, it's probably pretty well protected by some abjuration spells just to make sure it doesn't get, oh, I don't know, torn up or altered or burned. Uh, so she's going to do that just to see if, if it happens to be in there. You, uh, you, you cast Detect Magic, and you actually do detect some magic in this room. Now, here's the problem. It doesn't tell you where the magic is. Just tells you the magic. Right. Okay, that is not terrible. If only I had a wall-sized sheet of lead that I was portable and I could move around to block off certain parts of the room. Um, at least I know that there's something here to find. So that's that's a good first step. Um, she's gonna thank uh, Targan and uh, for you know showing her this place and say, wow, this looks like it's going to take me a while to get through. Um, you don't have to wait here for me unless you want to help. Well, he's at the top of the stairs. He's like, oh, that's right. oh no, I, I trust you. Just, uh, you know, make sure you just put whatever you take back to where you found it. Oh, sure. I'm sure it's very well catalog ca uh, cataloged. She'll go back up the stairs to talk to him. Do you want me to wheel you back over to the inn? Oh, no, no. I'll just... Hang out over here. I'll go back when I'm ready. I'm curious to see if you find anything. And he's sort of like going to go into the sitting room, just sort of hang out and probably fall asleep in a few minutes. Sure. All right. Well, might as well get to it. So Celeste is going to hmm, trying to think of how I can narrow down where this magic is coming from. You know, one thing I could do is, is there enough? Like, what is this house made of? Stone, wood? Stone. The well, you're in the basement, and the basement right. is all stone, and the ceiling is wood, wood, you know, rafters and beams. The papers are so deep in some areas that you can't even see the walls. Like this is, you know, a fairly large basement. It's one large room. It's just a very simple basement, but it is just, you know, imagine fifty years worth of garbage in someone's basement. Okay, I have a clever gamey way to do this. But it is how the spell works. So here's what she's going to do. Uh, she's going to go up to the very top of the stairs. I'm trying to get approximately 30 feet away from the very entrance to this room. And because uh, it's a 30 foot emanation for detect magic, it's not like a burst. So it'll go around walls and things like around corners. So she's going to try to stand as far back as she can to just barely get detect magic in the room. And she's going to cast it. Then she's going to get a little bit closer and then cast it and then a little bit closer and cast it and see when it finally pings. That's pretty gamey. It is, but that's how it works. Yeah. So she's just going to slowly bring more area of the room into her uh, into her area of effect. And then when it pings, she'll know approximately how deep into the room she needs to look, which should give her more or less a band and hopefully narrow it down to like 10 or 20% of the room. You're basically trying to do a regression search. Yes. You're basically cheating. I'm not. This is how you would do it. Since they changed how detect magic works, if you're a spellcaster with detect magic and there's a larger area like this that's dense that you need to search, it doesn't make sense to go through every little thing when you can just slowly put a little bit more into your search area until it finally gives you a positive result. Once you get that, now you know, okay, it's not within that first area, it's just within this next little bit, but not, but not necessarily further. So then you just search that one band until you find something, clear it out, go back and start again and see if there's anything additional in there. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> oh, no, it, it makes sense. So you detect that there is magic very mm -hmm. close to the entrance way and like somewhere really close to the entrance, it goes off. So you don't even have to go out that far. Like if you go all the way out to say maybe 25 feet from where the entrance begins, into the basement you actually start detecting magic so that means within the first five-ish feet like underneath the stairs or near the staircase itself there's probably some magic well not probably oh. there is magic well fantastic so now i know i've narrowed my search and so now i'm actually going to take a stab at it so this is pretty important to me um so i'm gonna go ahead and spend a hero point if i know it's probably a secret check but if i roll like less than 10 on the result i'd like to spend a hero point to reroll. Okay, you spend two hours sort of just rifling through papers and knickknacks and things that are near 
the entranceway. And after a while, you manage to find something. Now, it's not just papers. There's stuff here. There's clothes. There's pictures. There's, you know, like 50 years worth of life in this area. And you find wrapped in a old shirt something which you think was detecting the magic. Oh, interesting. All right. She's very carefully and gingerly going to unwrap this old shirt. It's a wolf token. Congratulations. It's a poop dagger. Another one? Carefully unwrap the shirt and you find uh, looks like an ever burning torch. Oh, more light. Huh. Okay, well, that's something that's useful. So she'll now take her ever-burning torch back to the top of the stairs again. <laughs> Cast Detect Magic, take a step in. Cast Detect Magic, take a step down. Well, this time you find magic is emanating a little bit further, maybe about a third into the room. And it's going to take a lot longer to get to that area because the area near the stairs was pretty small, but you're realizing this is like a large wall of 30 by... 10 foot high so what's that it's like 60 square feet <laughs> of solid junk to go through mm -hmm. it'll probably take you a little while to get to it plus you have to move things out of your way i mean my assumption is that my companions will probably want to oh change their equipment or weapons or armor since they use all of that sort of thing and for celeste it seems like her way to prepare for this next portion of our adventure is to make sure that she has some i guess defense or backing like this is more important to her so if it takes her a couple days to do this that's fine okay i'll say that that is fine and to speed things up we'll say you continue to go through the various papers over a course of three days and sure enough, you find lots of little minor magic items, little tokens, nothing really useful, just knickknacks, like no real weapons or anything. No, you know, it's just, it's messing up your search. Mm. And sure enough, you're like, all right, this is going to take a while. And it's just a lot here. Okay. A after the third day, though, towards the end, sure enough, at the very back of the room with the oldest papers... The oldest items, which kind of makes sense in retrospect. Mm -hmm. You find some documents in a old case. And these are these are quite old. These are quite ancient. You can see that these are not just normal documents, not just the local papers and so forth and contracts and other things and books and ledgers that you've been finding. Inside that old case is where you're finally detecting the magic. Mm. Well, going about it logically, but not what makes the most sense works for Celeste. She has a better intelligence than she does a wisdom. So, all right. Um, she'll very carefully go through this oldest stuff, looking at every scrap and every piece of paper. And if it's something like historical and important, like super early letters that say something about the founding of the town or whatever. She'll set those aside too, because those are historically important, but obviously she's looking for the contract. Cool. The box is locked. Hmm. Is it portable or is it like built into the wall? It's portable. I mean, it's kind of heavy. It's not like something you would be able to put under your arm and just carry with you. You know, it's, it's a fairly large mm. trunk, but it's, it's definitely see. locked. Good thing I know someone who's pretty good with locks. I'm going to go see if I can find my good friend, Cade. Well, who do you know that's good with locks? I said, I'm going to see if I can go find my good friend, Cade. And as I said, Cade's great with locks. That's what I thought. There, there have been other characters who have not. I don't know. I still remember several doors you had problems opening. This is not a door. This is a box. Is it, though? Could you consider the box a door-like opening? It's like a door it's into a door the to box. the contents. You yeah. can't walk through it, therefore it's not a door. You might be able to. You're pretty short. I'm not this box the is size of a lizard. A baby it's, lizard. I didn't say it's the size of a baby lizard. I said it's a trunk. 
You could. Oh no, you said it's a box. Now you're saying it's a trunk. No, I actually said it was a trunk. Well, a box is you a trunk. It's a trunk. I did a box. Say trunk. I think of a shoebox size. Well, be specific. To you, this is not a shoebox. To you, it's a coffin. <laughs> Bring it over here. I'm in the bar eating some. Um, oh, it's it's way. It's kind of heavy though. It's way too big. Oh, you come get me. Yeah, I'm gonna come get you. Hey, what do we got? What's up? How was your how's your how's your books? Um, as she's casting prestidigitation to get like the cobwebs and stuff out of her hair, she's like, "Oh my goodness!" So, I was down in Targan's old basement, and let me tell oh, you, no. it stinks down there. But there's a bunch of really old weird stuff, and I found this big trunk that really is just too heavy for me to lug up here and get over here. But it's locked, and I was wondering if you could take a look, because I'm sure whatever is inside this super old locked trunk is probably really special. I'm in. Fantastic. Yeah, if there's anything like of monetary value, well, it belongs to Targan. But if there's anything he doesn't miss, of course, of course. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to rob Uncle Targi. Thank you. Country rogue don't play that I'm, way. I'm here to hopefully get donations from a forgetful old man. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to yank it if it's his personal. I don't know his first set of dentures or his his very first orthopedic shoe. You know what I mean? Sure. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's a weird way to go, but okay. I'm saying he's so old, he has, he's had like the first bronze, like, you know, when parents bronze their baby's shoes, that's when they discovered bronze. Well, I'm thinking whatever's in this trunk probably even outdates Targan. Impossible. Let me take a look. <laughs> I head over with Celeste to Uncle Targi's. Happy fun basement. Oh, do you have an ever-burning torch? I can't remember who has them. We have... I have torch torches that burn until they're done. Well, then consider this a fee for your services, and she'll pull out the ever-burning torch and give it to you. Oh, that's cool. Look at this. It doesn't give off heat or anything. I know, but it still gives off plenty of light. Great. I'll give that to Brixley, because he needs it with a flaming cat. (laughs) <laughs> well, I thought you would really be able to use this as well because it doesn't give off heat and you don't have to light it. So you can just keep mm-hmm, it smothered mm-hmm. in a pack and then pull it out when you need it. Yeah, that might that might help. I mean, if I'm trying to be sneaky sneak, maybe I can wrap it a little bit and just kind of like have a have it be a bullseye torch. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. I love it. Thank you. This is great. You just stole his torch and gave it to someone? That's totally what just happened. She gave it to me. I don't know if she stole it. It was an old torch it's fine it's not like important with a capital i how do you know it was down there in his basement okay this is his just check it his basement okay you're well on your way to getting damned for eternity that's all i'm saying he doesn't even know he's already damned oh she actually that's right you're just extra damned you're damned plus okay you uh You'll I'll replace it someday if it's that big mm-hmm. of a deal. If he's like, oh, hey, has yeah, anyone seen yeah. the ever-burning torch I carry? Karma. I kept Karma. it wrapped in an old shirt. He doesn't go exploring. Karma. Karma's a bitch. Okay. <laughs> this isn't Shadowrun. I don't have to worry about Karma. <laughs> okay, it was let's... right by the stairs. That way he could come downstairs, pick it up, and walk around with it. No, I it was think... under junk. I think he probably left it there by accident and forgot it it was one of those you know how you like leave a light on near a staircase that was his equivalent and they just forgot about it or maybe that's what it was maybe when he i don't know was mobile and he knew where it was he would go downstairs and use that torch to look around all i'm saying is a torch is now gone and in the possession of a thief all right Fine. He can't walk. I will, I'm keeping it. I will just owe him one ever-burning torch to be paid back with interest some other time. I'll give him my lantern. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> he's sleeping. Anyhow, he's not even All there. Right. So, he's not even there. I go, go to go the basement. Yes. It looks like home. If home was like an old, decrepit basement filled with garbage. This place stinks of garbage, but I've smelled worse coming off of a poop dagger. Let's do this. Told you it was a little gross down here. Yeah. 
a large trunk, quite old, quite nice, and was heavily buried behind stuff. What are you going to do? All right. I will have Celeste stand like 20 feet back, holding okay. our new ever-burning torch. Yep. Brand new. Doesn't belong to anyone before you. Nope. Fresh off the rack. Still has the price tag on it. I investigate the trunk, you know, give it a look, walk around it, nod, furrow my brow. uh, Looks fairly safe. Obviously, if there was a trap, it probably would have been set off when Celeste tried to fumble it open. So she served as a good uh, trap detector. Sure enough, it is locked. It does seem Mm -hmm. to be a fairly complex lock. But not out of your that. Let me take some time on it here, and uh, I'll try and unlock it. Okay. You roll the check, not me. Feed Let me check my feats and see if I get a special something because of trappy traps and uh, lockpicking. Does it take you more than a round to unlock it? It's two Uh, actions. A couple couple actions. Okay, cool. Then you'll get guidance. Excellent. Is that an extra D4 or a plus one? It's just plus one. All right, here we go. Really milking that guidance. Guidance, uh, what yeah. it's here for. Sorry, we're following the rules. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should apologize. Steven doesn't like it when we're clever. Nope, he despises it. I don't oh, like oh, it when you cheat. 29. Like that. That's a cheat. Woo. A okay. high roll's a cheat. Noted. Okay. Click. One success. You got a couple more to go. It's a fairly complex oh. log. Wasn't a critical success? No, it was not a critical success. 29 is not a critical success. So you get one click. Most locks need at least two to three checks, if not four or five, I've noticed. Hit me again with the plus. I can't. Oh, that's it? Well, not unless you want to wait around for an hour. Oh, gosh, no. Okay. Now I feel much Oh! Hero point. Hero point. Hero point. Hero point. Hero point. Okay. You're about to break your tools. You're about to, like, snap off your... Okay. You go. You got that hero point. You go. You go, Cade. Ha ha. They didn't break. (laughs) I know. That's just merely a failure. So you didn't break as opposed to a critical failure. So, Okay. You um, well, your thievery is pretty high. What's that? A uh, oh, plus eleven. Plus eleven. Wow, that's, wow, that's pretty good. That's now, really good. Okay, the good news is you think all right. It's gonna take a lot for me to break my locks, but this is not like an easy lock to pick. It's gonna take a little bit. So, all right, I'm here for uh, it. You got one down. Let's keep going. Let's see. Uh, let's see how many locks you break. What's the over under? Anyone want to bet? Oh, 25. You hear a second cylinder click. Chink, you're like, oh, oh, almost halfway there, maybe you think. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> He's got the third cylinder in. Click. He's like, oh, I think I, I only got one more to go. There we go. 23. Wow, that's crazy rolling. And you unlock the lock. You hear it click. So four tumblers and voila. All right. I slowly lift it open, preparing to jump back. You slowly lift it, except it's stuck. Give me a strength check. Uh Uh-oh. Hmm. Um, I can Uh, help, I guess. uh, Don't you Uh, have to threaten making it worse if you fail the help check? Oh, yeah. Eight another is, like, weirdly horrible now. Okay, never mind. I wonder, I wonder wow. if I can help with magic. Six. I'm going to take Six. the first roll. Uh, wow, you have a plus zero in strength. That's pretty yeah. good for a halfling. That's, yeah. um, that's, that, that's not even close. You're, you're like, wow, this thing is really, really, really stuck. Uh, you better get um, Prue down here. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go get Prue. Hey, I'm good with strength, too. Oh, or Brixley. Yeah, he's pretty strong. I mean... You better get Prue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, maybe there's something to do with drinking next, Jason. Maybe Brixley could help with that. 
If the lock needs to be loosened by pouring alcohol on it or something. <laughs> Get some old Woody down here. Yeah, that's right. Old Woody will just burn right through it's that. Rust, yeah, it's, rust, it's rusted and old Woody is the only thing that could clean the rust off. That might be the case. So I'm going to find Brixley if I can. Well, I can say you both find each other. You find Brixley and Prue. You can have a strength off. A good old-fashioned hey. strength off to see who can... Open up this jar of pickles. Or we could work together. Wouldn't that be fun? That's what I was thinking. Or you can work together. Each of you take one side and yank. Um, so I'll explain the situation. Found this trunk down in Targon's basement. I think there might be something important inside. Uh, Cade was able to get the lock off, but the lid is still like rusted shut. And we need someone strong to help, you know... Open it, because neither of us are really that strong. Need help opening the jar of pickles, huh? Well, you came to the well, right Well, you place. know me and pickles. All right, show us this trunk. Okay. Uh, just to warn you, it's a little dirty down there, but I'll clean you off when we're done. And we go. And you go. Brix Brixley's feeling unreasonably confident after his uh, his tete-a-tete uh, -tete with Caden Colleen or whatever. Okay. Everyone's there. The trunk is large enough that two of you could each take a side and manipulate it. The trunk is like almost 10 feet. Not 10 feet. It's, you know, it's like one of those very large trunks you find like at the foot of a bed. You know, those really large steamer trunks. So it's more than large enough that both of you can take a side and try to open it. All right. Let's give it a shot then. How should we do this? Should we do it with like the eight another or should we just both make the roll? You can both make your own rolls. Okay. Nice. Wow. Both terrible. <laughs> Brixley rolls a five. Prue rolls a four. You both get an eight. So you both try to open it, and it's uh, it, it's stuck. You're like, huh, maybe old Woody isn't such a bad... No, no, no. That, 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 that might be too violent. But yeah, you can try again. It's Lift like harder. There we go. Much better. Oh, there we go. Brixley with a 22. Let's see what Prue gets. 17. There we go. Yeah. You had to loosen it a little. It like, Just had to stretch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the good news is it, it opens. The bad news is it flies open. It's like, you know, and then it just like smashes up against the wall. And give me reflex saves because something funny might happen. Oh, oh no! And Prue, well, because you did it almost too well. Ooh, fifteen for Prue. Oh, sorry, that was well, that was Dex. I'm sorry. Oh, that was Dex. Yeah, let me redo action. Being redo. punished for doing something too well. Oh, that's, hey, that's what I was thinking. No, not at all. You <laughs> quickly move your fingers out of the way so it doesn't like snap up. It snap back down oh. onto your fingers. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen to you when you yes. open something really well and it's like snaps it back? Exactly. You opened it so well it bounced back, and you both get out of the way just in the nick of time. Uh, Prue like feels it like gash a little bit of her finger. Brixley's okay. That's like, whew, that was close. But now you can easily open it. All right. Well, that's good. Let's see what's inside here. That well, Target has probably forgotten even existed. And let's open the lid carefully you open the lid carefully and inside brixley gets excited there's some elegant formal wear that appears to be several hundred years out of fashion but it's so out of fashion that it's back in fashion it's quite a large variety of colors looks uh quite nice something that brixley would probably enjoy wearing but is it gnome sized no, unfortunately, this one is not gnome size. If you want to start taking it out and looking at it, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of fashion in this trunk. Fun. Do you do anything with it? Do you dig through or anything? Keep digging. Yeah, through yeah. It. we're gonna keep digging through it. We're gonna, okay. gonna look at all the different things, hold each one okay. up to well, myself or or Prue or somebody, and be sure. like, oh, "How would you look in this?" But yeah, search sure, through each sure. one, make sure there's nothing hidden in a pocket or anything like that. You search through, and sure enough, on the top, it's all clothes and very nice clothes. Something you can see why they put in like a waterproof steamer trunk. Like, this was definitely fashionable wear, something that you would wear in a high society. 
Celeste recognizes some of this. This was something she would have worn back in her older days when she was, you know, falutant and uh -huh. out with the riches. It's very old, though. These fashions are way out of date, but uh -huh. still very nice and in surprisingly good, if not musty condition. A little musty, but still good condition. After going through a couple layers of clothes, you do get to papers. And oh. a lot of the papers are old. But if you look at them, you quickly scan through them. And a lot of them are legal papers. Like something, some of it's actually interesting. Some of it is like deed to the house, deed to the actual um, uh, the tavern. Deeds to various houses within the town, as well as other areas. This is probably outside your area of expertise, but way at the bottom in the corner, you find a tube that is sealed with red wax. And it is a tube of hard leather, brown with thick stitching. Is there any marking or indication on the tube of what might be inside? Nope. Just sealed with thick red wax. What's the stamp on the wax? There actually isn't a stamp. It looks like it was just done with, strangely, a thumbprint. Hmm. I think we should try to get a rubbing of the thumbprint. I've got tons of writing implements and tools, so I'll, I'll try to get a rubbing of the thumbprint before we do anything with it. And I'm thinking maybe we should ask Targan before we go melting open sealed scroll cases? You keep saying we, but this is your rodeo. Yeah, this yeah. is all, this is your call. Yeah, I'm gonna want to ask him about it before just going into it. After all, one of his ever-burning torches has already gone missing. All right. Um, anything else of interest in the steamer trunk or the local vicinity? I mean, the papers, probably not. I mean, you can spend little time searching through them. Nothing seems like what you were looking for like a contract of some sort it just is a lot of legalese other important documents last wills and testaments deeds sure financial records things like that some of it very old and okay. probably way out of date but still here interesting stuff maybe i'll look at it later um but for now yeah i'm gonna go find targan and then ask him about this too before opening it just in case it's something else Okay, you going back to the feed mill to find Uncle yeah. Dargy? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd say it's dinner time. Uncle Dargy's having his favorite turnip stew. He looks up and sees you, and he's like, oh, well, what do you got there? Well, He's been asking you all along, like, what you've been finding, and I'm sure you've been telling him lots of nothing. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that old cookware, you know. Uh, but I'll tell him this time, well, there was a, there was a trunk in the back of the room, uh, a big steamer trunk. Are you familiar with it? Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, that thing's uh, waterproof and fireproof, I believe, or fire resistant. Uh, yeah, we usually put uh, valuables in there or anything uh, important. I kind of forgot about that. Uh, you know, nothing really uh, important had to go in there for a long, long time. So, yeah, I forgot about it. How would you get it open? Uh, someone had forgotten to relock it. I doubt that very much. It automatically locks when you close it. Was it open? I can't see how that's possible since there was so much junk on top of it. Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was like something stuck in it. It was one of the buttons from one of the bits of formal wear in there. Wasn't shut. Hmm. He's looking at you kind of slanty-eyed. He's like, you know... I'd almost say you're trying to run a fast one on me. You don't need me to go down there and check on you, because that's that's not what kin do to each other. We've been pretty nice to you here. Whatever you want. I got an 18 on deception now. <laughs> okay. He's like, all right, that's kind of unusual, but I guess, that's, I guess that could happen. I just don't see how, but if you say it did, I'll... I guess well, you really idea. should keep it locked, though, because there was a lot of important paperwork in there. I remember seeing the deed to the inn and the house and some other stuff. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, I guess I should thank you for helping me lock that. So, okay, well, 
Just make well, sure when I put it back, you... I'll make sure it's good and secure. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. I mean, I had the key. You could have just asked if you needed to open. Oh, you did have the key. Yeah, see, I hadn't... Yeah. Mm. Um, so I did find one thing that was in there that was curious and I wanted to ask you about. And she produces the, the tube with the red wax. Do you know what's inside here? It was sealed, so I didn't want to open it without talking to you first. Mm, I don't know. It's... It's pretty old. I think it was uh, some old paperwork again, maybe some original deed or something. I'm not exactly sure. I, a lot of that stuff in there, you know, I never really bothered looking through it. I mean, there was a couple, like, you know, old clothes I just never felt the need to throw out. And obviously I put some important paperwork from this uh, this town in there. But no, not really. I don't know what that is. I, you I wouldn't kind of remember it, but I don't know what it is. You wouldn't mind if I opened it? Uh, sure. Just if there's uh, any gold in there or something, just let me know. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's some like <laughs> uh, ancient treasures or some ancient uh, family rings. Just, just, uh, just you know, make sure you let me know about that. Uh, I mean, I'm actually kind of curious myself. Uh, get, get, uh, let, why don't we open it together? Sure. He calls Delma. Sure, let's open like, Delma, Delma, come on over. She's Ooh. like, she decides to come over too, and it's like asking, "Oh, what, what's up?" Oh well, I was looking through some of the things in uh, in Targan's old basement over there next door, and in one of the big trunks in the way in the back, there was this strange scroll case uh, that was sealed in red wax, and we're not really sure what's in here, so we're going to open it and find out. She looks at it, and she seems really not thrilled. And she see that she's oh. like, oh, uh, she goes, uh, Dad, do, do you really think it's smart to start opening up old scrolls? There's so much going on in this town that like, can't be good. Doesn't look very inviting. Kind of looks kind of evil. Why, does it have any writing on it? She's sort of looking at no, it. No, I didn't like, see anything. But you know, I haven't hey, really Brixley. taken. Can you detect evil? Are you that type of champion? I don't believe I am that type of champion, actually. Well, hmm. I know a bit about magic. I can take a look at it and make sure it's not bewitched or something. Okay. She's a little worried. She's like, eh, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about that thing. It's, it's sealed. It's old. No one's opened it. Eh, I mean, it's... Uh, well, it's not mine. Get... It's it's my father's, and if he thinks it's okay, I might just want to not do it in a crowded room. Can I at least ask that of you? Maybe you take oh, it sure. outside or something. Let's go outside. Um. Yeah. Well, let's see. So I have a room that I'm staying in here. Is that right? What's that? I have a room in the feed mill that I'm staying in. Is that yeah? Right? Yeah. We could go there. I think she doesn't even want to do it in the room. I think she just wants to do it like outside in case something explodes or something that doesn't like burn down the place. Hmm. Okay. Uh, sure. I'm going to want to take a good examine of this before I mess with it anyway. So yeah, she'll take it. Uh, you know what we could do? We could go to that old house where that ghost was. There's oh, also the old barn. Sure. Yeah, but they use the barn. No one uses that old house. We want to be private and out of the way. The barn is getting turned into a temple. Oh, that's the same barn. Okay. Yeah, it's the same barn. Well, there's no shortage of areas to go. I mean, uh, half the town is empty up north. But she thinks, you know, maybe we should just go somewhere kind of open in case, I don't know, it explodes or something. Maybe being in a confined space isn't the best idea. Oh, like if there's a poisonous gas trapped inside? Yeah, or who knows? I just have a bad feeling about that thing. All right, is she coming with? She'll come with, but she's kind of keeping a little bit of a distance with her father, and she'll wheel her father along. Her father, on the other hand, he's all excited. He's like, oh, I, I'm kind of curious. I haven't had some adventure like this in a while. I think, I, I think there's gold. That's what I think. I think there's a ring in there, maybe a necklace, maybe some papers, but I bet you there's some... Hey, hey, can, can hmm? you shake it a little? Does it feel like there's anything in there? Do you hear like you know, like a like a jingling sound or something? Um. So Celeste is going to take time to examine it very carefully uh, using occultism. So if there is any magic on it, hopefully she can identify that. 
And while she's doing so, theoretically, she might notice jingling. Doesn't feel like there's any jingling. There's nothing moving around inside of it. And she does detect some weird magic emanating from it. But that could just be, who knows? It could just be the protectiveness of the scroll case. She's not exactly sure. It's a little odd, the magic. And her cultism wasn't quite good enough to figure out what's going on with this thing. Mm. But it doesn't look like it's trapped. And it doesn't look like... She doesn't think there's any magic trapping it, just maybe to protect it. Weirdly, you could have me look at it with Arcana. Sure. Not that, you know, my score's that good. So as you're walking towards, like, an open field, Prue looks at it a little. And she just sort of, like, sniffs it, licks it. You know, as half orcs do, because that's how you detect magic. You're like, mm, that's racist. Taste magical. Doesn't really look magical. You, uh, you can't seem to figure out what this is. It seems to be above both of your pay grades. You think it's okay? I mean, it's a tube. How bad could it be? So you're at, you're in the open field. All of you're there. Seems like a safe enough area. And uh, uh, Delma wants to be far away. But her father really wants to be near there. He's all excited. Targon's like, oh, yeah, let's see it. Let's see what's in there. I, I can feel it in my bones. It's going to be something cool. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, I assume all of us are there. Um, Cade, sure. can you help me make a, a small controlled fire, like a little fire pit, so we can heat up a knife and carefully take the seal off? You got it. I'm an expert with the outdoors, as you know. Oh, I can start the fire. I just want to make sure it doesn't spread. The Prince of Pines starts a fire. The Pine Prince shall protect the wood. All right. Once we have a fire going, she's going to carefully pull out her dagger and heat it up in the fire. And then slip it under where the wax seal is to release it. Cool. So you're able to... Let's see. I'll roll for that. You do an okay job. It's old and brittle. And you're able to take a rubbing, I'll say, of the fingerprint. Looks like mm -hmm. a thumbprint. Obviously, you have no idea what this is of or who. Right. Looks like if you were to guess, you'd think it's uh, human-sized. Looks like a man. And you, um, you, you pop open the seal. And sure enough, you'll be able to easily open it, if you wish. Uh, absolutely. Target's well, like, pop that sucker. I want to see what's in there. All right, well, carefully open it and examine the contents. Carefully open it. And he's all excited to see it. And then he's like, oh, it's just a piece of paper. Sure enough, there's literally just a piece of paper in there. But the piece of paper is weird. Do you take it out? Oh, yeah. Very carefully, we'll slide it out. You slide out the piece it. of paper. It's like a really weird material, and you can tell just by looking at it that this is the magic, the paper itself. Mm. And as soon as you look at it, you unscroll it, and it looks pure evil. Whatever's on this paper, it just looks evil. And sure enough, it's not written in common. It's written in some other language. Mm. What languages does everyone speak? I have the one that's written on the paper. I can read it. <laughs> Is it Halfling or Verizian? Nope. I have Orc and Giant. Nope. Keep going. Goblin? Nope. That is not a written language. <laughs> Who's Brixley now? Brixley probably speaks Abyssal. I'm pretty sure I do not speak Abyssal. I figured. Common, Gnomish, and Sylvan is what Brixley has, I believe. Okay. This paper appears to be ancient yet in perfect condition. It has signatures at the bottom in what appears to be blood. It is written in some horrible language that you can't read. Yeah. So if you're to guess, this might be what you're looking for. That's the good news. Sounds like it. Bad news is you can't read it. Mm-hmm. Any comprehend language spell you have, maybe, perhaps? Not I. He, Targon looks at it, and so does Delma. And she's like, I don't know what that is, but that does not look good. 
that looks like pure evil for a piece of paper that looks like the most evil piece of paper I've ever seen. Targon's bored. He's like, ugh, it's not gold. It's not jewels. I'm bored. Let's go back. Yeah, so for now, Celeste will gingerly roll it back up, put it back in the scroll case, uh, heat up that little section that, you know, she cut it off with to reseal it with the wax. Sure. Till we have a solution on how to, you know... Well, before she does all that, she's going to take some time and at least um, transcribe some of the characters. Not like the whole thing, but just a phrase or two, some characters, so that she'll recognize, like... She'll be able to figure out what this writing is, maybe, later. Um, so she'll take some notes, and then she'll put it back. Sure. So you can tell that this is obviously magically preserved and, like, some weird stuff. With Celeste's background, she remembers seeing this when she grew up in, like, the archives of her father's rooms or the studies. Like, the absolute most important papers, like the charter for kingdoms and fiefdoms and things like that are written in this type of matter, in this type of paper and protected in this way. But this is even, like, a level above that. Like, whatever this is... It's, uh, it looks like it's going to be able to take a beating and keep on licking. I'll tell you that much. It's, uh, it's impressive, whatever this thing is made out of. Okay. All right. Um, interesting. All right. Well, I definitely want to figure out a way to read it. Um, but that might require some magic that we don't have access to in this town. So I'm going to need to do some thinking as a player. Unless anyone else has any ideas, Celeste is definitely asking the group if they have any ideas on how to read this thing. This might have to be an after the fall of Plaguestone thing. Yeah, that's true. There is some pressing business, and I, I suppose if this is waited for generations, it can wait for a few more days. Yeah, I just don't know how we're gonna get it translated before we leave the town. We could ask around, though, see if anybody speaks it. Maybe maybe that weird old dwarf speaks it. I don't know. We shouldn't be showing it around to too many people. They might get spooked. Yeah, I had a bad feeling just looking at it. I, I don't really want to advertise that we have it. So, you reseal the wax. You go back. It's late. It's been a couple of days. What you going to do? Is our, is our business concluded? I was kind of asking that of like the group. Well... I'm thinking. My church guys are pretty much doing their own thing, so I could I can head out. I was wondering if I could try and learn comprehend languages so that we could look at this thing. I don't suppose anyone in town happens to have a wand or a scroll of comprehend languages. Okay, if you want to retrain your spell to comprehend languages, I can say it could take a full week. However, when you level up to level four, you can automatically retrain a language, sorry, retrain a spell to whatever you want. So right. it's up to you how you want to do it. I'm just, I think I'm going to wait. Um, I don't need to do this, I don't think, before the conclusion of the adventure. And my understanding is by the time we're done with all this business in Plague Stone, I'll be level four. And I get another second level spell at that point anyway, so I can just take Comprehend Languages and then figure it out, so... I will say that in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, because learning languages is near impossible, Comprehend mm -hmm. Language is pretty damn good. It's much more powerful than it is in Pathfinder 1st Edition, because whatever languages you have, that's kind of it. Like, you have to use feats and stuff to get new languages. It's really hard. Yeah, it's super tough. And then ones that you would want, like you'd think like, I want to learn Infernal. Like, good luck. It's going to be an uncommon language. So you're probably not going to be able to just learn it because you wanted to. Exactly. Like, those are very hard languages. And so it's actually a pretty good spell. Uh, or at least get scrolls of it. Like, it went from one of those spells that is sort of like you assumed everyone had. And then it just kind of died off back to, it's really good. <laughs> it's a really good spell. Yeah. I would always buy... Like in first edition, I'd always just get a wand of it because they're cheap, and then I have 50 uses. And I, in my character's career, I probably wouldn't burn out that wand. I would probably still take the same tactic in second edition since you can use them once a day, and just once a day for you know an hour, you can read a single language. Okay. 
And also, this is a long-term side quest. Like, some of these side quests will be finished by the end of Plague Stone. This is not one. This is one that will continue, you know, whether it's me or another GM, I can give notes. Uh, you know, if you continue using the characters, this is not something that will, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get out of some infernal contract by the time I'm fourth level. Uh, no. <laughs> you're not it's gonna take effort and real time and effort and struggle and sacrifice if you want to or you can totally lean into it and become a demon goddess princess it's up to you i say you lean into it that'd be badass i mean that's a choice fight the darkness become the darkness uh eat the darkness you could attack the darkness i don't have magic missile yeah but you'd have magic missile <laughs> You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that chaotic greedy is not a real alignment. <laughs>